0: I'm not going to keep you uh, very long tonight, um, but I do have a couple of short thoughts that I want to uh, share with you as we uh, wrap up this Christmas series that we've been in, where we've been looking at the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that is contained within some of our most beloved Christmas carols. Uh, Of all of the great Christmas carols, for me personally, the one uh, that is the focus of my message tonight is my very favorite, and that's the, the one that we sang there at the end of the set, O Holy Night. It's my favorite because of the truth and the power of the lyrics. Uh, we've already sung it, and we're going to sing it again before we leave, so I'm not going to take time to read through the entire carol, but here are the words of that carol that most capture my attention, uh, touch me deeply, and cause my heart Uh, to overflow with rejoicing uh, for the coming of Jesus Christ. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Truly He taught us to love one another. His law is love and His gospel is peace. Chains shall He break, for the slave is our brother. And in His name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise His holy name. Are you in the mood to just praise his holy name? I, I know we're not Pentecostal around here, but could we praise his holy name real quick? Like, could you do that? Let's praise his name. God, we, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. We worship you. We exalt your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I, did, I didn't hear a lot of hollering out, but you clapped, so that was good. We're, we're, we're taking baby steps here. So... So I initially had a pretty extensive list of points that I wanted to share uh, regarding the gospel truths contained in this poem. You know, there's a lot in that line, his law is love and his gospel is peace. Uh, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I wanted to talk about the line that says, truly he taught us to love one another. I wanted to encourage us toward emulating Christ, giving ourselves sacrificially to each other. I wanted to talk about how much I like the word yonder. Uh, I thought that would be uh, uplifting, Uh, and and all of those would be worthwhile things to talk about except for maybe uh, that last one, but I'm sure you'll be relieved to hear uh, that I felt led to narrow my focus down to just a couple of things. I believe the leading was from the Lord, and I believe it was because these are the things that are good and needed for a number of you to hear tonight, to be reminded of, and maybe for a few of you to hear for the first time. The first gospel truth that I want you to see in Old Holy Night is the good news of how valuable you are to God. The fifth line of this carol tells us that when Christ appeared, the soul felt its worth. And the next line lets us know that this feeling of worth produced a thrill of hope in the weary people of the world that caused them to rejoice The coming of Christ was like the the dawning of a new and glorious morning. It's a difficult thing when a soul, when a person, doesn't feel as though they have value. Doesn't feel as though they have worth. Most of us who are now married can look back and Uh, Those of you who are single might have more recent experiences with this, but we remember a time when we wanted to have a significant other. Uh, But we remember that even though we wanted someone to notice us and value us and consider us appealing enough that they would show uh, interest in us, we remember a time where as much as we wanted those things, we did not have them. We wanted someone to identify us as special, special, and yet it just was not uh, happening for us. Uh, This is an experience that I had throughout uh, some of my teenage years, Uh, you know, and sometimes when people have that experience, they start to question their worth, question our value. I think I adjusted my headset, so I don't know if that needs any adjusting on the uh, sound booth end or not. But uh, anyway, we begin to question our worth, question our value. Why is it uh, that nobody will be interested in me? What's wrong with us? Am I the only one or did anybody ever have that kind of feeling in your life? A few honest people and a bunch of liars. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's what we're working with here tonight. Uh, I, I remember my mom setting me up on a date with the daughter of her boss soon after we moved to Central Ohio. And what I knew going into this date is that this young lady who I was going out with had two brothers that everybody would uh, always talk about what amazingly good-looking men they were. I mean, these guys were like they stepped out of a magazine. And so I went to her house to pick her up and she got a call from a friend and uh, I was waiting on her to finished the call as we were getting ready to leave to go on our horse riding date. And, uh, so, you know, I, I could hear her half of the conversation. I couldn't hear what the person that she was talking to was saying. But there was a point in the conversation where uh, I was just convinced that, that the way she was responding indicated that she was being asked about me. her her friend was asking about me and and there came this point in the discussion where she gave a one-word answer to a question and that answer was no. (laughs) Was no. And my mind told me, and to this day I still think it's probably true, that the answer she answered no to was, is he (laughs) good-looking? And my worth took a hit. Now, you don't need to feel sorry for me, I realize now that the poor thing just had bad eyesight, but, uh, but uh, my worth took a hit that day, and it seemed like my worth kept taking hits until my wife Michelle came along. She wasn't my wife at the time, but until Michelle came along. And, and let me tell you that one of the things that I initially liked so well about Michelle... Besides the fact that she was cute, and I eventually found out that she was a fairly good kisser, I, um, <laughs> I liked Michelle because I could tell that she thought I was worth her time and attention. I could tell that Michelle valued me. She was a great asset to my self-worth and my self-esteem or most of the young ladies that I had dated up until that point, I kind of felt like I was twisting their arm. Uh, With Michelle, I did not feel as though I was twisting her arm. She was into me. (laughs) I have no idea what she did, and I don't want to (laughs) know. And it made me feel valued in a way that I had not previously felt valued by a member of the female population, because you all are sometimes awful to young men. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) When you want someone to be interested in you, and no one is, people used to say that that person was pining for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. A person who is pining is someone who has a deep longing for something that they don't have. And it also means that someone is experiencing anguish over something. O Holy Night tells us that before Christ, the world was pining in sin and error. And of course, it's not just the song that tells us this, but Scripture supports this. Scripture tells us that sin separated mankind from God. Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. And so before Christ, the world was pining away in sin and error. And before any of us individually turned to Christ, we pine in sin and error. You see, here's what sin does. Sin destroys our self-worth. Sin destroys our self-esteem. Whether we realize it or not, sin makes us feel unworthy and unlovable. Deep on the inside of all but but those whose conscience uh, has been seared, most of us know that the way we live and the wrongs we've done have left us broken. We know we are not like we ought to be. And, And so our worth takes a hit and it keeps on taking hit after hit after hit because have you noticed we keep on doing wrong. Oh holy night and the holy bible tell us that into a world where everyone was pining in sin and error Jesus Christ appeared and when he did the souls who had been pining suddenly felt their worth. The Bible tells us that Christ was born in Bethlehem. He grew in favor with God and man. He lived a sinless life in perfect obedience to God. And when he died a sacrificial, substitutionary death on the cross, he paid the penalty for all of our sins and errors, and then he rose to life again to prove that the price he paid satisfied the debt of every sin committed or that would ever be committed. All of that happened because God values us. The value of something, the worth of something, is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it, what you're willing to give for it, or another way of thinking about it is what you're willing to give to it, what you're willing to invest in it. And here's what 1 Corinthians 7.23 tells us. This is from the New Living Translation version. God paid a high price for you. The value of something is determined of what someone's willing to pay for it. God paid a high price for you. What was the high price that God paid for you? Jesus, the one whose birth we celebrate this weekend. At our worst, in sin and error pining, God gave his son for us. God allowed His Son to endure the penalty that all of us had earned for ourselves. He allowed His one and only Son to suffer and to die in our place. The coming of Christ, His life, His death on the cross, His resurrection, they prove your value to God. You are incredibly valuable to God. Nobody has ever paid a greater price than what God Paid for you God is into you he really is Christmas tells us how valuable we are to God tells you how valuable you are to God and if you can ever receive the truth of how valuable you are to God this carol will become true in your life from sin and error pining because Christ appeared because Christ came Your weary soul will feel its worth. The thrill of hope that comes with being valued. You can experience that. Your soul that's been so weary, pining away in sin and error, can then rejoice in life knowing that you're valued by God is like a new and a glorious morning. And so the Gospel The good news in O Holy Night is that you are valued by God, but then there is so much more. Here's what I think is my favorite line of any of the Christmas carols. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Christ came so that you would know how valuable you are to God, but that's not all. Jesus Christ came to set you free and put an end to the oppression in your life. When Jesus launched his public ministry, here's what he declared about himself on the Sabbath in the synagogue. "'The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor.'" He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. If you're here tonight and you're materially poor or you're spiritually poor, Jesus came to bring good news to you. If you are physically blind or spiritually blind, Jesus came to bring sight to you. Whatever you are sitting here tonight captive to, bad habits, anger, drugs, gossip, sexual sin, Christ came to release you. He came to release you. Whatever is oppressing you here tonight, fear, discouragement, depression, insecurity, Christ came to set you free. It seems to me that we increasingly are living in a time when people, even Christians, are making peace with living in captivity, with living under the oppression of the evil one, assuming that they're never going to be able to get free from their hurts, bad habits, and hang-ups, assuming that they're never going to be able to be free from the insecurity and anger and fear and depression that they battle with. Now it is true that when Christ came the first time, he inaugurated the kingdom of God, and that the kingdom of God will not be fully realized until Christ comes the second time. We call this the already but the not yet of God's kingdom. It has come, but not yet in the same fullness that it will come when Christ returns. But here's the key thing for us to seize on tonight. The kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God has broken into this time that we live in. The future kingdom of God has broken into this present evil age. And so while we will not experience ultimate and final freedom from captivity and oppression until Christ returns, the power of the kingdom of God is here now to release captives and set free oppressed people. Often what God does is he empowers us to break free from captivity and oppression through spirit-empowered hard work. Which is why a lot of us make peace with our oppression and our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Because he takes a lot of us down a path of spirit-empowered hard work. We have to learn to deny ourselves. We enter into a lifetime of commitments that help us to walk a path of sanctification. And and as the Spirit empowers that, it, it leads us to a place of freedom. That's what Celebrate Recovery is all about. But I don't want us to ever lose sight of this. Sometimes God miraculously, instantaneously sets people free from captivity and oppression. Whichever way that God chooses to work in our individual lives according to his will and his divine purposes, here's what is always true. Jesus has come to release captives and set the oppressed free. In the 8th chapter of John, Jesus said that those who sin are slaves to sin. We, we don't think of ourselves like that often when we sin, when we uh, have a sin habit that we can't break free from, but that's what we are according to Jesus. We are slaves to sin. But in the 36th verse of the 8th chapter of John, Jesus offered this wonderful promise. He said of himself, if the Son sets you free, you will be free Indeed. I said it on Sunday, and I'm saying it again today, and I think it's because some people need to hear it. Too many of us have accepted that the way we are is the way that we will always be. We've accepted that we're never going to be able to break free from our negative attitude, we're never going to be able to break free from the anger that's inside of us, we're never going to be able to get free from drinking too much. We're never going to be able to surrender our sexuality to God. We're never going to be able to stop shopping ourselves into financial hardship. That one might hit a little close to home with what we're doing tonight after we leave here. (laughs) We're never going to be able to overcome the hurt inflicted on us by a spouse who rejected us. We're never going to be able to get over the belittling words of a teacher that didn't like us. We're never going to be able to be free from depression. Listen to me tonight. Every one of those thoughts that we accept are lies straight from the pit of hell. They are lies from the evil one. Lies that the evil one wants you to believe your entire life. None of it is true. And Christmas, the appearing of our Savior, exposes the lie of the enemy and reveals the truth to us. Straight from Jesus himself... He came to release captives. He came to set oppressed people free. He has the power to do what he came to do. And when he does, you will be free indeed. In fact, I want to just prove this here tonight. If you've had God set you free from something that used to control you, an addiction, low self-esteem, anger, depression, habitual sin of some kind. There was something that had a grip on your life and you know that it was Jesus Christ who delivered you from it. Would you just quickly raise your hand and I want everybody to look around and see all of the hands raised in the room. Thank you. The enemy is a liar. Christ can... And Christ does set people free. And so let this Christmas be a reminder to you that things do not always have to be for you like they might be right now. You might be under the control of something this evening that totally owns you. You might be discouraged. You might be depressed. You might be involved in habitual sin. But you don't have to stay that way. Because this is what Christmas is about. Christ came. He told us this from his own own mouth. He came to set us free. He came to set you free. And so my hope from our time together tonight is that you would purpose to reject the lies of the evil one. That you would purpose tonight to allow yourself to believe again that Christ really can do for you what he claims he can do for you. Purpose tonight to believe again and turn to Christ again and to cry out to him again for the deliverance that you need. And if you've never done it before, then purpose tonight to do it for the first time. Christmas tells us how valuable we are to God. And it tells us that the work of the enemy can be undone in our lives. It tells us that we can be free from the slavery and oppression that we've been living under. When we encounter Christ in a way that allows us to understand how valuable we are to God, and when Christ sets us free from our destructive hurts, habits, and hangups, if we understand what he's done for us, we simply can't help but to respond with praise. And that's the way this beautiful carol ends. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christmas tells you that God loves you. And Christmas tells you that he came to set you free. That's worth joining together in grateful chorus. That's worth praising His name tonight and throughout this weekend and throughout our entire lives and throughout eternity. And so we're going to end the service this evening by uh, singing a couple of carols before we leave. The first one we're going to sing is, is this one we've already sung, O Holy Night. And with everything you do over the next couple of days, let's do what this carol says. Let's gratefully praise His holy name, for loving us, for coming to free us. Because of those things, He deserves our praise. Why don't you stand? So here's what I'm going to ask you this evening. In both of these songs that we're about to sing, I just ask you not to just go through the motions of it, but but really reflect on the words and allow them to be an expression of what's going on in your heart. In this first one, O Holy Night, here's what I would like everyone in here that recognizes there is some area of your life that you need God to set you free. When we get to those lines that say, chains shall he break, and then to the line that says, in his name, all oppression shall cease. I want you to sing those songs as a proclamation, as a declaration of faith that those things are going to be true in your life from this night forward. Okay? Okay? You want free? Sing these words as a proclamation this evening, and I believe that God is going to answer that cry of our hearts. God bless you. Let's sing.